Grace and God's peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from the Gospel reading. Let us pray. O Lord, take our lives and let them be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Not only have You greatly saved us, but You have changed our lives and used us to share Your word of hope with others. As we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Swiss watchmaker uh, Petit Philippe is known for their luxury watches. Uh, They range in price anywhere from about, uh, I really hadn't heard of them before, so I had to look online. Uh, The prices range from about $7,000 up to about $3.4 million, which is why I don't have one. Uh, But they're also well-known for a really clever advertising slogan they started back in 1996, which said this. It said, you never actually own a Petit Philippe. Uh, uh, You merely take care of it for the next generation. That's cute. I mean, mean, a nice gimmick for you uh, when you think about watches. But isn't that true about everything that we own? Money, gifts, uh, time, our, our very lives, we're taking care of it. For the next generation. Isn't that true also of you parents when a child is born? You know, uh, when you're holding that child, you know you're something, you're part of something that's being passed on. I read something about a young mother upon holding that child for the first time said, how amazing it is that God allows us to be part of this miracle, part of his miracle, his miracle of life. It is amazing. It's amazing that God allows us to be part of giving life. That's a miracle. But can't we take that to sort of a different level too? God allows us to be part of sharing life, eternal life with people. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. Life, giving life to the next generation. Life in Jesus, eternal life. It is that great gift that God gives to us. He desires that we all use the gifts that he has given us, not only our lives, but all that we are and all that we have, to connect people to him. I mean, that's really what our theme uh, this year is all about. I mean, therefore, go, right, with that message, to share that message of the gospel, that message of life. When we use our life to do that, we make a difference for all eternity. When we don't use that, all that we are and all that we have, to connect people to Jesus, we miss out on the greatest privilege of life. I'm sure that many of you know someone that you consider to be influential. But Jesus says that you are his influential people. I mean, every Christian is a person of influence. Uh, Jesus says the influence that you have is is the seasoning uh, power, if you will, that he gives you. So in our Bible reading today, Jesus compares your life to salt. You are salt. You are part of sprinkling that out, giving his plan, part of his plan to give life to the next generation. Listen again. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Now, if you ever... uh, Uh, take a walk through most church kitchens uh, uh, like ours in the basement of our church downtown, 
chances are you open up enough cabinets and uh, open up enough doors there, you're going to find a, a whole shelf of salt shakers, right? Uh, all lined up and the peppers right next to it. Uh, but, uh, they look nice, all lined up, all filled with salt. But it doesn't do any good sitting on the shelf in the bottom, right? Unless you shake the salt out of the salt shaker, it's not any use to anyone. Uh, salt's no good just sitting there on the shelf. That's what Jesus is saying here in this verse. He says, get out of the salt shaker. We're meant to be seasoning out into this world of ours, not stored up on a shelf. We get the picture, but how does that happen? We need more detail. There's a lot given in the Bible about how to do that, to, how to come out of that salt shaker and make a difference in people's lives. So how can you use your life like seasoning in the world to bring life to the next generation? One way is to, is to look, to notice people. I mean, Jesus is really good at this. I mean, so many examples in the Gospels of how Jesus just looked around, noticed people, and saw their need and came to them. One, times we, one of the times we read about this is in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus noticed a small man who climbed up in a tree to see Jesus in a crowd. Luke tells us in Luke 19, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he saw him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. We really should not overlook that. It's not a small detail. I mean, it's it's huge. I mean, we we all know how easy it is to come here and worship, right? Uh, We see someone we know, we walk over and talk to them. But in the process, how many people do we walk right by that we don't know maybe it's a person who needs that listening ear but you didn't notice it can happen anywhere it can happen here at church it can happen at a dinner party it can happen at a ball game at school at the coffee shop at work at a restaurant you know as a as a gift to me i'm not sure what to make of it uh linda bought me this great little nifty device called the fitbit uh it keeps track of a lot of things for people that do a lot of things. Uh, uh, it keeps track of the number of steps that you walk, the uh, number of floors that you go up or down, the number of calories you burn, the number of hours that you sleep, the, your pulse rate throughout the day. Uh, and, now, I guess that most people go ahead and get something like this because they want to keep track of the number of steps that you walk each day, right? It's suggested to get in 10,000 steps each day to be healthy. Now, confession here, I haven't done that too much, you know. Uh, There have been times where I have reached 10,000 steps in a day, but it's just not consistent there. But 10,000 steps, if you do that every single day of your life, someone computed that out, it adds up to about 115,000 miles in a lifetime, uh, more than four times around the planet. But with all that information, it sort of begs the question, Are you using those steps wisely, no matter how many there are? Think of the average room that you you are in at any point in time, uh, in your home or in your office. It probably takes no more than 10 steps to cross it. 10 steps? Do you take the time to notice people and walk across the room and talk to them? 10 steps can impact that person for eternity. Think about it. Earlier this year, in February, uh, New York Times columnist David Brooks went around the country interviewing students 
at some of the most prestigious universities in, 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 in America. And he admits the students represented just a little, little slice of the rising generation, but it's the comments that were striking. Uh, notice how he concluded this article with these, these interviews, and, and it was a longer quote. I just, I'm just using the part I want to take a look at here. He said, I was also struck by the pervasive but subtle hunger for a change in the emotional tenor of life. One student lamented, we're more connected, but we're more apart. Again and again, students expressed a hunger for social and emotional bonding, for a shift from guilt and accusation toward empathy. And one student asked, how in the world do you create relationship? And then he finishes by writing, that may be the longing that undergirds all others. Walking across the room, seeing people, noticing people, sharing the love of Jesus with people. That the, the, those two quotes really uh, got me. Well, you know, the one, we're more connected, but we're more apart. And then that one other student that said, how do, we, how do you create relationship? Isn't that exactly what Jesus did when he entered into the world? Wrapping himself up in flesh and blood, walking across more than ten steps, walking across this big universe to meet Zacchaeus, to meet you and me and all the people of this world for one reason only, to save us for all eternity. Throughout the course of your life, you're going to give yourself to something. Everybody does. People give their lives to to pleasure, to things, to success, to popularity, to hobbies. A lot of times they give their lives to something. Why not give your life to people? What I mean by that is to look, to notice people. To notice people who cry, to notice people who who look a little confused, to notice people who smile and laugh but are empty inside. To notice people who are alive but have no great understanding of why they are alive. To notice people who need to be more closely connected to God but might never be unless someone notices and walks across the room and... And then what? I think that's where most of us probably get stuck. I mean, if I walk across the room, if I notice someone I don't know, then what? What's the next step? Well, the one thing we can all do is tell our story. But before that happens, we need to listen first. It's important to notice people, but the next thing for us is that we need to hear. We need to listen. We need to listen first to this prompting of God's Holy Spirit, the guiding of God's Holy Spirit. So many of the things that hold us back are are really just brushed to the side if we take time and listen to God, right? Now, that's not a far-out idea. Jesus promised every believer of the Spirit to teach and guide us. In John chapter 14, Jesus said uh, to the disciples, and to us too, the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Have you ever looked at someone and just seen something in their eyes? We hide a lot of things, but, but our eyes reveal a lot, don't they? Our eyes speak those internal messages of love and care, concern and strength, but, but we also see other things there too, don't we? Eyes that are confused and troubled, worried, upset, distracted. 
when we see that in someone's eyes, that's when we need to listen. We need to hear, uh, uh, listen to God's Holy Spirit. Maybe you've had that experience when you notice someone and you needed to, uh, you needed to talk and, and who needed to talk and you just saw and saw them, you noticed them, you listened to God's Spirit guide you uh, to talk with them. Now, I've got to confess, you know, uh, there are times I haven't been so good at this. Uh, times that I haven't listened, times that I didn't ask, times that I've regretted those moments. Maybe you can think of times when you did not listen to the Lord or to others. But you don't have to be a pastor to do this. You don't have to be theologically trained to do this. Jesus leads you, his Holy Spirit guides you. That's what's interesting is, is that we listen to God's Holy Spirit. allows us then to listen to that person. And as you listen, God can guide you. Listening may be all that you do. I remember in in college and in seminary, all my counseling classes, they talked about the fact that, you know, the majority of counseling is just listening, listening to people. It's interesting that because you take the time to listen to someone today, uh, you might not even get a chance to share the gospel with them, but you listen to them. They may be more open later on to listening to someone who shares the gospel with them. There will be times when God's Spirit just swings that door wide open for you. That's the time, the right time, to take the next step to tell your story and tell God's story. Now, telling your story is nothing new. I mean, it's nothing more, nothing less than telling the significant difference Jesus Christ has made in your life. The one person who loved to tell his story was St. Paul. Uh, And and Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, and we heard a part of his story in our first reading. Uh, Toward the end, Paul wrote this. He said, For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God... I am what I am. He certainly had a story to tell. He was a murderer, persecuted the church, persecuted Christians, watched as a man named Stephen was stoned to death for being a believer, and yet Jesus Christ reached out through that hatred and saved him. Jesus touched his life and saved him forever, and Paul had a great story to tell. But we all have a story to tell, don't we? I mean, we know Jesus. If we know Jesus, we have a story. Maybe it's not as dramatic as St. Paul's. (laughs) But just think about your experiences in your life when Jesus became more real to you. How has God humbled you? How has God given you that greatest sense of peace and joy? That is what your story is. I wonder how many times Zacchaeus told his story probably went like this. He said, you know, guys, as a tax collector, my life was all wrapped up in money. The grip of greed was so strong in my life, it ruined my life. I didn't have any friends. But that day, that day, Jesus came into my home. He set me free from my greed. He taught me to care, to really care about other people, not just myself. He saved me. That's it. That's his story. I have a story, too. I've shared it with some folks over the years. You know, 
I grew up in the church, faithful in church, involved in ministry. But boy, it wasn't until I got away for a three-day retreat and really focused on God. And in those days, I was just overwhelmed by all the things that God had done for me out of his great love for me before I was even born. I knew that in Jesus I had peace, true peace. I knew that in Jesus I had true joy. I knew that in Jesus I had true life, eternal life. Now you have a story too. Your story is powerful because it's God's story in you. Think about it. Write it down. We're going to have some people share those stories during this Consecration Stewards event. Figure out your story because you never know God's Holy Spirit is going to nudge you to notice somebody, to walk across the room, to listen to them, and be ready to tell your story. After all, it is his story that has saved your life. It is his story that has changed your life, and it's our privilege to tell it. You see, that's how you and I give life to the next generation. I, I, I know a lot of you have told your story to, to me and, and, and seen how through you Jesus has made an impact in the lives of others. Jesus has used your story to share his own. Every time we gather and worship, we're confronted and comforted by the greatest story ever told. A story that speaks plainly about God's love for us in Jesus Christ. The story that, that tells of God's one and only Son who for our sake was, lived and was crucified, died, was buried, and three days rose again from the dead. The story that tells us of God's greatest gift that is ours so that we no longer fear death or the threats of the world, but hold on forever to the promises of eternal life in Him. And the story's not over. Not for you, Not for me, not for the church. For every day the Spirit is working in your heart and in mine. And in the hearts of those for whom we are salt. To shape us and use us for God's purposes. To build his kingdom here on earth. And to make known in the hearts of all the saving power of his love in Jesus Christ. A lot of times, sometimes it's in uh, uh, leadership things... uh, I've seen the question asked, if your church disappeared tomorrow from this community, would anyone notice? Would it make a difference? Would you be missed? That's a tough question, isn't it? Because often we're reluctant to talk about our faith, about our Savior, or even about our church. But to that question, Jesus has given an answer. Would you be missed? Yes. Yes, you would. Because you're a child of God in this church, in this community, in your family, and in your place of work. You are that salt. You are the seasoning of Jesus in this church, in our community, in your family, at work. And you know what? You do make a difference. There are people in this community who have new life in Jesus because God used you in your own unique way to tell his story. Next few weeks, we're going to be hearing a word regularly in our worship services. You've heard it already, consecrated. It's a Bible word with a big challenge. 
It means literally to be set apart for the work of God, to literally set your life apart from the ordinary. In other words, to use your life for God, for something extraordinary. And so we have a challenge before us. Consecrate. Set apart your life to being salt. So how do you do that? Well, look. Take time to notice people. Here. Take time to not only listen to the prompting of God's Holy Spirit, but to listen to people and to tell. Take time to tell your story, but especially take time to tell God's story. Let's make a commitment to live our lives out of the salt shaker. And in doing so, God uses us to give life to the next generation. May God use you in a mighty way to look, to listen, and to tell. Amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.